This is the High School Football America podcast for June the 28th, 2020. I'm Jeff Fisher. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by GameStrat, America's premier sideline instant replay system with outstanding reliability and its speed is faster than Huddle Sideline. Plus, GameStrat has awesome customer service along with different plans priced right for every coach's budget. And right now, GameStrat is offering a discount of up to $200, which means it's even cheaper than Huddle Sideline. Plus, GameStrat is making it risk-free. If you make the switch now and there isn't a 2020 season, your money will roll right into 2021. There's no risk and you can't beat that, but you must act by June the 30th. Folks, that's Tuesday. To get a demo, go to GameStrat.com or click on the GameStrat banner ad located on every page of HighSchoolFootballAmerica.com. All right, uh, this was supposed to be a great big weekend for High School Football America with the uh, release of our preseason rankings, but I uh, had to make an executive decision, as they say. Um, it, I took it <laughs> right to the limit, uh, and with all the schedules being changed, uh, yesterday morning at uh, about 9 a.m., I just said, you know, we gotta we got to protect the integrity of what we do with the algorithm, so we've decided to delay for a little bit because there are some schools around the country that are really <laughs> backed into a corner now, as uh, especially on the internet state games as uh, the schedule that was put together and expected to be played in the fall uh, has been messed up a bit by uh, the coronavirus pandemic and uh, have the athletic director on from Milton High School here in uh, Milton, Georgia, just north of Atlanta. And uh, Gary Silvestri has, uh, along with his coach, Adam Clack, they, they've had a little bit of work to do because the Eagles have uh, really made a, a great push to become a, a national program. And they have been able to do that um, in 2018, number 20 in the High School Football America 100. And last year, uh, despite four losses and a good run into the playoffs, uh, 113, but their strength of schedule was so good, they were able to hang in there all year after uh, starting the season, uh, preseason at uh, number 55. And uh, Coach Silvestri is on the line right now to talk a little bit about the headache of um, redoing a schedule, I guess is the best way to put it, right? Right, Coach? Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's... uh Heading is a good way to put it exactly, but, you know, we always like a challenge and we try to do the best we can for our kids and Coach Clack and I get together and uh, and try to really um, put the fruition in his vision and what he wants and try to get it in line and get it out there the best we can. And we're, we're going to dive into that vision in just a second. We had him on the show last year, but let's just talk about what you have had to do over the last several weeks. Uh, tell the listeners from around the nation there, you had some some good uh, interstate games there, and uh, that's all part of that vision that we're going to talk about in a second. But first off, what happened, and then how did you put the Band-Aids on and, and, and get back to a 10-game schedule that uh, I guess it was tweeted out yesterday or Friday. I can't remember when you announced it. Yes, sir. So we lost three games um, between states. You know, we try to get, like you said, interstate games the best we can to, first off, Ironstop and Zion, right? You want to get the best competition you can get. And then number two, obviously, play the best teams you can play. And hopefully it helps you with, you know, down into the road, your rankings, even though you, it's not the, the first reason why you do it, but you want to get a nationally exposed program. That was one of Coach's visions when he first came in. So we had to try to make up basically three games in Fulton County, you know, then we talked with the cup coach, Dr. Kraft, the AD, and he said, look, we're going to probably not have you guys travel out or bring teams in. Um, just, you know, err on the side of caution and be careful with our kids' health and safety, which we agreed 100% with. At that point, um, we started kind of brainstorming, Coach Clack and I did, because we had games like, you know, Good Council was going to come in and play in the Freedom Bowl, and we had St. John's College 
you know, we had Life Christian, all those teams lined up to come in and us play up in D.C., and we had to get that, obviously, rescheduled pretty quick. So, um, with the, you know, sitting down with Coach Clack and trying to get the best available opponents left in the state, and then Dr. Kraft did a great job in the county helping us with that, trying to kind of put that rubric together. We had so only so many openings in different weeks. It's kind of like a puzzle, and you want to also... <laughs> Hopefully, if you get crowds, right, if we get a lot of people in place, want some crowds in place as well, because part of that's revenue, right? Right. It's part of the component of trying to schedule a good schedule. So um, with all those pieces together, we got together and we made some decisions on playing some Fulton County teams to help each other out first off. And we had some really good talent in Fulton County, thank God. It helps us a lot that way. Um, and then we had McEachin who was available. They were going to play St. Thomas in Florida. That game fell through. And McKeaton is a very good program, um, and it's, it's, it's a highly ranked program, and it'll definitely help us out going into our region schedule. So we, we locked down McKeaton as well. Um, that worked out well as well as well. So like you said, we really had to kind of take all those pieces of the puzzle and put them together. <laughs> hey, I, I can't even imagine the number of, uh, I don't know, bare aspirins, leaves, whatever it is that you use to, to relieve a headache out there. How many things you had to do to that. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just glad it's coming together. Like I said, uh, there are people around the country right now that are really facing things. And, uh, you know, strength of schedule, obviously, in the High School Football America 100 being such a critical factor. That's why we kind of had to, to redo our things, which is causing my own type of headache. But uh, Gary Silvestri is on the line, uh, the Milton Athletic Director here in Georgia. They have really uh, zoomed up uh, since uh, Adam Clack took over the program. And you mentioned that Coach Clack, uh, you know, had this vision of a national program. And, and we know nowadays, right, uh, when it comes to, to those sort of things, you usually think of the private schools doing that. But you guys are making some big waves as a very fine public school and a great community, great academics. Uh, you have all of those things. So tell me a little bit about how that conversation went when uh, Adam Clack decided that it was time to take the Milton Eagles to the next level. Well, we, you know, we hired Coach Clack out of about 107 resumes. So we had about, you know, a lot of people involved in, in the committee to get Coach Clack on campus. He rose up and he was hired. At that point, we sat down and he goes, I want to get this program nationally exposed. I want to make it to get it to the next level. I said, well, my theory is with you. We got with uh, our principal, Mr. Jones, Brian Jones, and that vertical alignment from the principal to AD to head coach was straight in line. We decided to go ahead and lock down, you know, different programs like, for instance, the Freedom Bowl. They started coming to our school that first year. We locked that game down and those series of games down, um, which helped us get teams like Cardinal Gibbons up here from Florida, who won a state championship that year we played them um, down in Florida. And then we had, the, you know, the Cooktail Classic in Atlanta. We had that going on, and we locked that in for a couple of years and played in that game and had played Archer down there the first year at Georgia State Stadium. And, um, you know, started working on the schedule that way. Went to J. Sierra in California. And what we did was we didn't, weren't worried about it. And one thing about Coach Clack I give him credit for, if he may lose a game, it's okay. He's not worried about his record. He's worried about getting our team out there, playing the best we can play. You know, because the best experience we can give them was about the kids first and foremost. And then hopefully if things work out well. You win a couple ball games, you get better. And then when you start really counting in a region, that's when you got to play ball, right? And the year we won a state championship in 18, like you alluded to earlier, we won – basically 10 in a row, right? Region games, uh, you know, the state game, the playoff games, we really put a, a, a big push on to win those games, and that's what helped us out. That prior non-region schedule is huge. It's, it's You need to front-load it because you can't – when you get put in a region, as you know, you can't control that schedule. You, you get what you get. It may be some weaker teams, maybe some tough teams. So if you don't get that non-region schedule as tough as you can get it, 
to get you ready to play ball and get you battle tested, well, they're not going to do very well in the playoffs, right? So mm-hmm. you got to put your ego aside, which Coach Flack did. And um, we sat down and just uh, had a bunch of phone calls and started making some negotiations. And, you know, we use Joe Mamone, who's great, help us out breaking games for us. He's a broker, and he'll talk to different teams and, and try to, you know, broker a game in California or Texas or D.C. And it helps us out a lot that way because – Football's changed. You know, back when you and I played, back you know, we were, we're dinosaurs. It seems like. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a lot different than they play now, right? These games are. It's a it's a business. It's a it's a true business for the program and for the school. Like alluded to earlier, too, it's about revenue. Um, it's about community involvement. It's also about getting your kids the best experience you can get them. Going to Cali last year was amazing experience for our kids and and even though we you know we dropped that game by a few points up there to jcr we came back not only a better team we played roswell and beat our rival we came back just a type a more cohesive unit which i thought was amazing yeah and and you know the one thing that i talk about a lot and i've had a couple of coaches on uh recently uh jamie debose getting the job down there at um at uh, lounge and all that is when it comes to um big classification football it's hard to argue that georgia isn't somewhere in the top two or three at the very lowest um talk, talk to the listeners from a from a standpoint of an ad and all that uh what what seven a football in georgia is like because it is a gauntlet uh during the regular season and then the postseason gets worse. It is. It's like no other, you know, and, and it's funny because the 7A, there's a big, you know, big difference in the beginning of 7A to the top part of 7A as far as population of schools go. We have 2,300 students. We're kind of on the bottom of 7A as far as our student population. But you go to Gwinnett County and play some of these schools or go to Region 1, and they have schools with 3,500, 4,000 students. Mm-hmm. That's a lot more athletes to get picked from than the ones you have, right? Um, and you can sit there and complain about it. You can sit there and just, you know, buck up and get better. And we love the challenge. We love 7A football. You know, I think it's, it's one of, like you said, one of the best in the country, no doubt. Um, you know, I've been in Florida, coaching down there for years, too, in South Florida. We've had some great, some great talent down there and some great coaches and some great football. I think what Georgia does at seven A difference is the community's involved. So you have the community involvement, you have great programs, you have great coaches, you have great athletes, and it put that together and it, like you said, it's a gauntlet from region to non region. Once you get to the playoffs, you know, to go through run through the play that year state championship and beat teams like Lounge, right? And they had to get take on number two Colquitt in the country, um, is unheard of. A lot of teams don't get to face that at you know, at different levels. Um, we did, and, and like Coach said, you want to be the best, you got to play the best and beat the best. Yeah, no doubt about it. Gary Silvestri on the line, uh, Milton's AD. And since I have you on here, you, and obviously there's committees when it comes to hiring coaches. You talked about that with Coach Clack. But uh, since we have so many coaches that, that listen to this show, um, talk a little bit about some of the, the questions you like to ask or what are you looking for? Because certainly, because we are dinosaurs, and I, I was only joking, of course. I'm 59. I'm, I'm almost beyond a dinosaur at this point. But I, I, I think some of the younger coaches out there would love to know what is it that you're looking for as an AD? And it doesn't have to be Milton-specific, but like, what are the things, because you are a coach, that you like to ask the young guys out there looking for that job to get up to the, the HC position? Well, you know, you, you first you want to know, are they there for the kids first and foremost, right? Because that's what it's all about. And, and so I want to know their heart, right? You want to talk about their vision, what they have vision for, you know, 30 days, 60 days, three months, you know, what, what's in plan when, when they have to plan to come in place to go ahead and, and transition into the, into the school. 
And then as far as, you know, it's a lot of, not a lot of X's and O questions. I got to tell you, really, at, at that level, when you're doing those interviews as a coach, and your resume kind of speaks for itself, you should know how to coach football, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, but you're more of a CEO, right? It's different than back in the day when you had to, you know, be the, you know, maybe the DC, the OC, the head coach, the strength coach, um, take a couple of those roles on. Now you're a CEO of a program. And I want to have a guy in there that can sit there and, you know, young or old. You know, coach Clack is, you know, and I guess in the coaching world, was, we hired him was younger mm-hmm. compared to most coaches. And our staff, our staff's only like, I think the mean age, our staff's like 35 or 34. We're a young staff. And for me as an AD being, I'll be 57, I'm right there with you. <laughs> um, you know, you have to kind of put that, that old mentality aside and understand there's a new, there's a new kind of new regime of coaches coming through. And there's some great older coaches still around who do amazing jobs. Um, but you want to ask them questions that pertain to their visions with children. What's your weakness? What's your strength? What's your strength in coaching? What about community? What about booster clubs? And, and all that CEO kind of questions that were never asked back in the day, right? Mm-hmm. they mostly back in the day was, Hey, can you coach club defense, club an offense? What do you want to run? Um, and I think, if you land the right person through the committee, and we have parents on the committee as well as not only administrators, people say that's kind of crazy. Why do that? Because parents ask questions that just, and all the questions have to be the same consistently across the board, each candidate. But the questions that parents ask are from the parents for POV, right? Something different that we have. And you want this to be a community decision, okay? Because the bottom line is he's going to be in the community forever, hopefully in a very long period of time. And you want that community involvement as well. So, um, as far as particular questions go, it, it, it's more towards particular, I think, topics and, mm-hmm. you know, what you want to try to extract from the coach and let him kind of talk about that as well. They all bring a book, right? They all bring, you know, a 20-, 30-page binder of, of what they want to implement in their program, which is great. That's something that was never done in the past, um, at least a good one to do. Um, but then you want to go ahead and give them questions. They can kind of just go ahead and, and, and tangent off a little bit and expand, expound on kind of what they want to do with the kids because, once again, it's about the kids. Oh, no doubt about it. Gary Savastri on the line, the Milton Athletic Director here in uh, Fulton County in Georgia, north of Atlanta. Uh, they've uh, spent the last couple of years in the High School Football American National Rankings, number 20 in uh, 2018 when they won the 7-8 championship, 113 last year. Look for them when we finally do get to our rankings to be somewhere in the uh, in the mix there as we go in, and that's the way we started this interview. But now let's, uh, let's add to that headache, Coach. Before the headache of the scheduling came the uh, headache of the corona virus pandemic you guys have been uh, on the field I guess uh, what are you heading into week three at this point tell us a little bit about some of the things you guys did here in Fulton County uh, to make sure that uh, safety was number one and that we could get back to, to talk, aside from just talking football playing a little football yeah so we had uh, you know numerous teams and zoom meetings um, with our county AD Dr. Kraft and with all the ADs in the county and, and then with the head coaches of football and then fall sports as well but this particular football to decide on, um, you know, first George High School and the kind of the state gives their guidelines. And then Fulton County has always been a little more stringent than those guidelines just to be, you know, extra careful with our, with our kids, what you want to be, right? So they'll come out with their guidelines. And phase one was basically 20 uh, people in a group. That includes the head coach. Uh, that includes other coaches and also your athletes. So 20 total. Um, you couldn't come into those groups. You can't move them around on campus. It's in and out. They don't stop in locker rooms. We had a lot of rules in place, check temperatures, questions um, towards coronavirus. We sprayed, uh, you know, vital oxide on all our equipment and between every group. We did that phase one. 
phase two was the same thing. We have to have two groups though on campus at that point. Type program. Uh, we're going to get not commingling them, but doing it the same way on the field in the weight room. And then obviously phase three um, is this week. So dead weeks now. If the dead week will be phase three, July sixth week, and hopefully that we'll have find out next week our decision from the county. But hopefully we'll get to move to groups of hopefully forty or fifty, um, and then have a chance to use more equipment, right? We had a little bit of equipment last in phase two. Phase three, you want to get out there and maybe do some routes and do some stuff where you can work with your kids and, and get back. But we've been, you know, thank God in Fulton County, real careful, real safe. Um, as far as I know, no cases. Um, so that's a blessing. And then mm-hmm. hopefully that will you know, come to fruition, keep on working that stuff out. Yeah, and, and, you know, this is the question everybody always likes me to ask and likes to hear, you know, from the various states around the country, you know, who's thinking what at this point. And, and, and I believe the GHSA has done a really nice job of, of, of kind of being a little forward thinking, safety always first, but it, it looks like you guys may be, you know, in the top, you know, three or four being, you know, further ahead, I guess is the best way to put it. So my, my question would be, and the question everybody wants to hear, I mean, what's your gut on this at this point? If, if, Things continue to go safely, uh, no cases and all that. I mean, are are we in the realm of 2020 being an actual season, or are we thinking that it's got to be flip flop like they're talking about surprisingly in Texas this morning and all that? What's what's your your gut at this point? Well, you, you first alluded to the right thing. Dr. Hines does a great job with you know forward thinking and also keeping the kids' safety involved first and foremost, but trying to keep this you know, train moving a little bit at a time so we can try to hopefully get to a season. Because bottom line is, you know, people think we're being selfish, but athletics, as you know, what you do in your job, and football in general is the pulse of the school, right? So you mm-hmm. want to have that no matter what, some kind of fashion, okay? Um, so I believe personally there's going to be football. Now, that's just my personal opinion. Um, you know, we're in the South, right? And the Southeast is about football. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, it's all about numbers and safety first and foremost, which we understand. But if we can do something to get even half of people in the stands and, and, and get a game going and get our kids. Cause the kids were so far from back. I mean, they, they, they were just over the top. We had to kind of pull them back and, and coach did a great job with our strength coach, coach Woods, not pushing them too hard. Right. Just getting them back and acclimated um, really for a two week acclimation period was basically came down to, um, to get them kind of moving around a little bit. Cause they've been, you know, like we all have been quarantining and to get them kind of, going the right direction. So do I believe there'll be football? I really do. Now I'm a half basketball guy, right? That's my job. I <laughs> Me <can> too. Do <laughs> that. Um, but I'm also a realist, and I know there's there's definitely some obstacles in place we have to be careful with. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, we, we need to have some kind of normalcy for our children, our kids, our athletes, our students, our community, our coaches, right? We I got to see Coach Clack for the first time. We did a, our lights in a campus um, for our 2020 senior class. I met him there. You know, social distancing. I went in there like during the pandemic and put the lights on. We were talking. I said, "Man, I kind of miss this because I know it's crazy. It's that that's it. We all, you know, we're wired to have face-to-face communication with people. That's how we're wired, right? Unless you're really a loner, you're wired that way. So I think our kids need it. Everything going on this day and age with everything and just in the country in general, we need our kids to talk about stuff, talk with coaches." And just get back to some normalcy. Yeah, and and you know you're right about the kids. The kids need it, but you know you're the first AD I've had on. I think 
during this. And, and I've talked to so many ADs, you know, whether it's online, offline, uh, in the past, and, and this gets overlooked a lot. But, you know, if there is no revenue, which you've touched on a couple of times, meaning no fans in the stands, you know, folks, this is not just about football, because let's face it, football funds a lot of other things, right? So you, you've got that, I guess that's a third headache I'm giving you to talk about here. But I mean, no revenue means big problems for Gary Silvestri when it comes to looking at budgets and what can be done, not only in football, but in other sports. Can you kind of put that in perspective to the listeners so they understand that it's it's not just all the things we've been talking about to this point. There's a longer reaching problem, right? Absolutely. Um, especially at the 7A high school level. And like you alluded to earlier, you know, private schools do their thing and, and God bless them, but we're a public school and, and you really depend on that gate money coming in and that gate money really funds all your programs, right? And for the most part, it really does. There's a few programs that kind of will help out a little bit, um, you know, and basketball does a great job. In the spring, we have some other sports as well. But the bottom line is football is your pulse and your moneymaker. And uh, it can't come down to money, right? It comes down to safety first. But, yes, if we don't have football in the fall, like we lost spring sports in the spring, um, there's no money coming in. Mm -hmm. There's no money to fund our athletics. There's no money to get, um, you know, uniforms, to to pay bills. I mean, I sit my bookkeeper and God bless her, we sit there and just, you know, and really kind of work the books and, and we're so careful and prudent on how we do things because we have no clue, uh, we, you know, what was going on. I think we did a great job in the spring being so careful, not realizing this was going to happen, but when it did, we were, we were in a good place going to the fall, but if we don't have football and fall sports, you're not going to be able to pay your bills. And, and then, and then, then you talk about this coaches in general too, what, what their role is going to be. And then, you know, teachers, and it, it kind of really – Ripple effect starts on the you know in the stadium, but it goes into the school building no matter what. And I mm-hmm. think that's what people don't understand a lot with, especially when we have communities up here. And we have, you know, for a rival game, we'll get five thousand people in the stands, right? That's a huge crowd. Um, a rival game, they'll get five thousand easy. For any non-rival games, you're still going to get two, three thousand easy, if not more. Now, maybe not. That's not Texas size, but mm-hmm. you know, if you look at back in Florida, we played down there when I coached down there. Those are huge crowds in Florida. Those are amazing crowds up here. You know they're good crowds, but that that's money, right? And and that and that comes into decisions with the the Freedom Bowl, bringing that here, and, and different different things like that that you have to kind of go navigate as an AD. Man, so much on this guy's plate, Gary Silvestri, the uh, AD at Milton High School, Fulton County, north of it, uh, north of Atlanta, and uh, a program that has really come a long ways and uh, found its way into the High School Football America rankings. And uh, we started talking about uh, big changes in the schedules. One of the reasons we had to like at least pump the brakes a little bit on our rankings, they've been able to find and get you know, three games out and three games in. So they're at a 10 game schedule. And then, uh, you know, we're going to have coach clack on here uh, later on just to kind of have him talk players and get some names in here. But I'm going to let you put the, uh, the old Eagles football hat on at least for coach clack right now. And, uh, what, if I, if I were to ask coach clack, what's, uh, the 2020, uh, Eagles football team look like, uh, what would you say? I mean, cause you, you said you're in lockstep with him. So I'm sure you can fill this role for until we get him on here. Yeah, no, you always love to brag about your school and your players and your team. <clears throat> I think we have a, a bright future this year and next year ahead of us. And, and even down the road, our young kids behind us are, I think we have it really going well. Um, we have some really, uh, you know, uh, numerous P5 kids in our, you know, that are underclassmen. Um, so they're going to be back a couple of years in a row with us. Um, I really believe that coach and all the coaching staff does done a great job. I, I went out there and watched those workouts and conditionings. 
workouts the last couple of weeks, and, and I just was amazed. I mean, at one point, Dr. Kraft was me at one point, our county AD, and watched our line workout. He's like, dang, you're big. I'm like, yeah, we're young. I mean, that's the key. So when you have a lot of young kids on the team that are talented, and the future looks bright, we've got to at least got to play some football. But I really believe that, you know, not being just a glass half full guy. I mean, look, I'm a realist too, like I said earlier. And if, you know, sometimes you got to, you got to bite the bullet for a year and realize it's a struggling year or two because you just can't bring kids in right. You get what you get and you have to work with them. Um, but our kids are really becoming, um, we got a real big, our future is working with our kids, no doubt. We have, like I said, a bunch of P5s and, um, you know, from our quarterback position with Devin to running back with Jordan McDonald to our tight end with Jack Nickel. Um, LT defensive end who's, who's just got a fight at the Under Armour 2023, 2023 uh, you know, classic. I can go on and on. I'm going to miss kids. I hate to do that because <laughs> be better I can with it. Um, yeah. Getting old, they forget. But there's, a, there's, we really are very talented. Cameron Dodd has got an offer from Baylor the other day. So it's, it's exciting, no doubt. Well, we appreciate you taking the time here on Sunday. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's been, it's been a weird year, uh, you know, as far as everything. I mean, there's no doubt about that. Nobody could ever, there was nothing in a book, right? We, we couldn't read this and go, well, this is what we're going to do when the coronavirus pandemic comes around. But, uh, obviously you've done a great job there of getting the schedule righted and, and fixed up a little bit. We look forward to having uh, coach Clack on here and he can fill in any of those names that you missed, but, uh, really appreciate it. You're a big supporter of ours. You like to retweet our stuff. I appreciate that from you. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing some Eagle football this year, especially since I'm moving up uh, toward your neck of the woods. It'll be real easy to get down to that beautiful little stadium of yours. So thanks for joining us today on the podcast. No, I appreciate you having us, no doubt. And uh, you're always welcome to come out and uh, we'll, we'll uh, watch a game together. The High School Football America podcast is brought to you by the great new app, Small Player Big Play, an age-appropriate sports-focused social media platform designed to showcase and connect young athletes, parents, coaches, and their friends. On Small Player Big Play, young athletes have the ability to utilize the app and share their interests and accomplishments on a safe, highly secure social media environment. It features live streaming with game day highlights and a lucrative fundraising opportunity for your school and your team. Download the Small Player Big Play app on Google Play and the Apple App Store. I'm Jeff Fisher, and you've been listening to the High School Football America podcast.